love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. dive into an interesting thought that you had. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of pass it off to you because I think this could be a very interesting conversation that our listeners need to hear. Well, thanks, Jonathan. You know, it's a, it's a, a risky, we're kind of walking on the ledge tonight or today. And uh, so I think it's interesting, but it was something as I was praying not so long ago about just, um, just kind of what kind of God would would create a male with sexuality that always seemed to be out of control. And I know that we hear a lot from guys that, you know, well, I just need a lot of sex, or I've just always been this way, or I've even read things before where there's this uh, kind of uh, idea that men just always have trouble controlling their sexuality, that somehow that's, that's just a given. And I started praying about it, and I, and I kind of just always have felt like there had to be something else there. I mean, I've been out of control sexually. You've been out of control sexually. I mean, you know, okay, so does that just mean that men in general... That's the way men are. Yeah, yeah. men just need a lot of sex. And I know this is uh, normally one of our, you know, discussions on this particular segment is usually about same-sex attraction. And so some guys may even be thinking right now, well, he doesn't know much about it because he didn't come from a heterosexual background. He had homosexual brokenness. And so I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of throwing it out there for all of us to kind of think about because I think the brokenness there is still the same no matter what. And it's that belief that I don't know, you know, that it's okay for my sexuality to kind of be out of control because that's I, just boys will be boys kind of thing. And what's interesting is, you know, in the last uh, 50 or 60 years, our culture has only embraced that message more and more. I mean, through the through what I call our porn culture, I mean, through the massive rise of pornography as a mainstream media source, what you've gotten is you've gotten people saying, actually feeding that thought. Sure. Hey, it's okay. You look at porn, how everybody looks at porn. Hey, you know what? You you do things sexually that are totally self-serving and totally, you know, crossing any moral or ethical or even legal boundaries. Hey, that's okay. That's just the way guys are. And the thing is, what's unfortunate about that is, you know, speaking especially even of legal boundaries, I don't think it's going to be too long before there are even arguments made from quote-unquote biological experts that will say, you know what, it is true. These men, they have testosterone, they've got high levels of it, and it's just natural that a man is going to have a higher sex drive than a woman. And and so it's almost like we've, we're even turning to biology to excuse out-of-control behavior. Sure. 
And and it's a dangerous, it's a slippery slope because couldn't you do that with maybe some other things? Maybe I've just, I've got to eat more, you know, or I've got, we can almost justify anything we want based on whatever uh, strong natural desires we may have and say, because I've got this strong natural desire, therefore I can cross any sort of legitimate boundary in order to do whatever I want with it. Absolutely. And I think, I think what I really think is important to talk about is, is that that isn't true because then some men need to hear that so that they go sometimes, hmm, maybe that's not the way I was made. Because I think almost when you use the boys will be boys mentality, men begin to believe, well, okay, boys will be boys. So, you know, my dad had a stash of porn. His dad before him had a stash of porn. His dad's dad's dad had a stash of porn. I mean, and so then it becomes this kind of thing of, you know, guys just like to have sex and and don't you find it interesting that we're, we're we live in a society that that has boundaries? I mean, they continue to seem to be stretched, but we right. we live in a society where there are boundaries. It's I mean, you have traffic lights, right? There you have certain systems of how people get from one place to another. There, are, there are uh, you know there are are boundaries around our homes, and so we've got property line boundaries, and so there are. And there are even laws set up that say, hey, you just can't cross over these boundaries. You can't go through a red light and not face punishment for that. Or you can't speed on this highway and not face some sort of consequence for that. And and we seem to all generally accept that and realize boundaries are part of life until it comes to our sexuality. Absolutely. And it's like somewhere along the line, we've gotten into our heads, well, there's no boundary on my sexuality do whatever I want with it, whenever I want, and however I want, with whomever I want. Right. And so that's, it's it's an interesting dynamic that we live in a world of boundaries, but that has not been translated necessarily to so many men when it comes to their sexuality. Absolutely. And I think it's, I think it's um, almost, it's a misrepresentation of God to not acknowledge that he also is a God of limits. Mm-hmm. He put limits around us, not to harm us, not for our, you know, not to give negative consequences to us, but to say, this is my best and I'm offering you my best. But to protect to, us. Right. Yeah. To have my best, you have to have a limit because otherwise sin will take you farther than you've ever gone before. Yeah, and so if you if you misrepresent God in a in a in a place where you say, well, God gave me my sexuality, so therefore it must be truth that I can't control myself, even though uh, I started at nine or ten years old, masturbating, looking at porn, and yet I wonder now why my sexuality is out of control, and that's just because God made male sexuality that way? No, because you've accidentally been using your sexuality in ways that it was never meant to be used. And so, therefore, it now rages out of control. And sometimes not accidentally. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think in the beginning, it was always accidental. It's like I think in the beginning, there's a discovery process and there's an immaturity and that right. you don't understand. Like, I remember when I was introduced to pornography, I had no idea what I was looking at. And it shocked me, it scared me, it aroused me. I mean, all of that. Exactly. And so I think, yeah, for the most part... Um, people who end up getting involved in pornography or some other forms of sexually addictive type behaviors, or these that what we're ta- talking about in terms of just any out of control sexuality, um, usually some somebody else's brokenness was dumped into their life, sure. whether it be pornography or whether it be abuse or whatever. Right, and even I would speak to the struggling same sex attracted guy out there who, 
you know, thinks about sex, wonders about sex, always wanting sex. You know, the gay community prides themselves on that they're, it's their sexuality that, that glues them together because they all have the same type of sexuality. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, just an almost out-of-control sexuality that runs through the gay culture. And yet it's there, it's considered a culture, but it's still out of control. And yet, right. yet we almost try to do the same thing as a culture in general of saying, well... You know, a mom will overlook the stack of porn that her her son has under his bed, or a dad will, you know, give his son a couple of Playboys to look at as he's growing up because that encourages him to have a good, healthy male sexuality. But actually what it encourages him him in is you've just given the keys to the car to your 10-year-old son and say, hey, start it up and go have fun with it. I'm not going to And drive 100 you. miles an hour. Yeah. Yes, and I'm not going to teach you anything about it. I'm just going to let you go do it. Right. And you know what's interesting is I you know you talk about God and 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 one of the fundamental understandings that we need to have about God is that He is a God of limits and again not for our um, not to harm us but to protect us and to really provide for us within those boundaries the best that He can that He has to offer. What it really boils down to, I think, is we are unwilling to accept the limit that He's placed specifically on sexuality, right? Because we go. That's narrow because God has basically said there's one context and one relationship in which you are free to have complete sexual expression. And that's one man with one woman in the marriage covenant. Absolutely. Now, I realize that just as I've said that, I have... I have made myself one of the most unpopular characters in our current societal state, that that is the most unpopular message right now, which thereby really proves our point about where our culture has gone in terms of being a pornified culture, that to say what God has established to be for one man with one woman in the context of a marriage covenant is so far gone from our idea of understanding, it's just easier for us to say, well, that's antiquated, that's baloney. Right. I mean, and then, then people would even point over here and say, and look at all the evidence that we have of sexuality gone amok. Look at these biological studies that show all the testosterone levels, and look at how men are wired sexually and how they, you know, they have a sexual thought every so many seconds and all this kind of stuff. There's no possible way that what you're saying about God is true or even possible for a man to be able to bridle his sexuality. Right, which opens the door for that man then to say, well, why am I fighting it? I guess if I'm having a thought every seven seconds, then I should just say that's who I am as a male. And that we wouldn't do that with any other sin. I mean, if I wanted to go out and rob somebody every seven seconds in my mind, would that, would that be okay to say, go out and rob somebody every seven seconds because you can't control yourself anyway? No, even as a society, we set up all kinds of limits around people who cannot control that their particular sinful behavior. And that's what sin really is, is it's an illegitimate way of meeting a legitimate need. So you, me, other guys that have struggled in this area have found this illegitimate way of meeting a legitimate need. But then what really happened was is it was introduced too early in our lives. Yet if there wasn't somebody who came alongside, like we talk about all the time, if there wasn't somebody who didn't come alongside us at an earlier age, it might have been nice to hear, hey, you know, porn's going to come your way. Masturbation's going to come your way. You know, try to try to stay away from it. It's going to harm you. But like you said, most of the time, once we realize that, it was already too late. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's most men out there who say, well, this is just my sexuality. But if you look at it, or if they look at it, really, they'd probably find that porn and masturbation was introduced to them at a way too early age, and they just had to acclimate it into their life to assume that this is just who I am. And, you know, the the danger with sort of falling back on that, what I call a really weak argument of, well, this is just who I am, and especially the one, this is just how I'm made, is is that it's... It's basically looking at who you are only through the lens of sinfulness. Right. And and whenever somebody tells me, you know, hey, listen, and they're involved in some sort of out-of-control, sexually sinful behaviors, and they try to say, you know, this is just who I am, and I'm, I've just got a high sex drive. My wife won't doesn't want to have sex with me all the time, so I have to go over here and look at porn. I have to go do these things. And my my argument in return is always, have you ever considered looking at yourself through God's lens. Exactly. Through how God sees you. Because you know what? You're looking at yourself, and you're only looking at yourself through your brokenness. You're only looking at yourself through your selfishness. You're only looking at yourself through your sexual sinfulness. Right. And and did you know God doesn't see you like that? Right. And, you know, a lot of times that's just a hard concept for people to even mentally embrace, let alone begin to engage in their lives. But I think that's an an incredibly important starting point that there has to be some God conversations in here. There has to be some conversations that says, hey, you know what? The one who made sex, which is God, has to be invited into this conversation at some point in time. Otherwise, you'll never break away from only seeing yourself through your brokenness and through your sinfulness. Absolutely. Because then you have to look at, okay, if he's a God who wouldn't have created me this way, then he must be a God that can free me from my thinking in this as well. Mm-hmm. Because that's like every sin. I mean, I, I think it's almost that I feel sorry for those guys who struggle with, you know, man, I've been masturbating since I was 10. I've looked at porn since I was 11. I can't stop it. And so now it's just like one of those things I do. And so we went to a therapist and a th- our therapist told us that, you know, it was okay to introduce porn into our marriage because that would just enrich our marriage life. And, you know, before you know it, it's everywhere. And here's this guy saying, well, so, you know, I masturbate every day. I have sex with my wife whenever I can. I think about sex all the time. That's just the way I am. Man, that's like out of control, and that is bound and chained to sin. And that's just it. So many of us don't are unwilling to acknowledge the... Um, the 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 training that we've Absolutely. been involved in in terms of creating such a preoccupation with sexual things i mean let's substitute something else other than porn and sexuality take a twinkie okay let's say that now for, you're getting too close to home there john <laughs> let's talk about some some brisket and some fajitas <laughs> and man i'm getting hungry but let's just take any food item let's just take a twinkie and say, let's say at the age of nine, you were introduced to a Twinkie, and every single day, multiple times throughout the day, every 60 seconds, you were engaging a Twinkie in some sort of way, whether you were eating it, whether you are touching it, whether you are holding it, whether you are looking at it, whatever. Do that for 25 years, and tell me that somewhere in the psyche of how you were thinking, Twinkies are not constantly being exposed in your mind over and over sure. and over again. And so it's part of it. And then let's just say, and I don't mean to interrupt, but let's just say next, your mom catches you with a whole box of Twinkies under your pillow, and yet she chooses not to say anything. 
And Dad, you look around in his bedroom and you find out that he's got a box of Twinkies in his drawer as well. Then you start to realize that, wow, all, this is okay. There's nothing wrong with this. And the thing is, the thing is, is are you are you a a physical being that has uh, has hunger and you are in need of food, right? I mean, that's the way we're designed. Sure. Now, just because you have become completely and totally preoccupied with Twinkies for 25 years, does that mean that they are healthy for you to consume every 60 seconds of every single day? You still have hunger, right? That's part sure. of your biology. It's a good thing. The fact that you need food and the fact that you get hungry, that is a good thing. But we've started to make certain things like Twinkies be our total nutritional value for meeting that hunger need. Sure. When in fact God has said, you know what? God has established our biological system to need certain types of foods. We need some protein. We need vegetables. We right. need fruits. We need those kind of things. And you know what? We don't need them every 30 seconds of every single day. Right. Well, now flip the switch back over to sexuality. It's not a one-to-one -one comparison. But but when you've used pornography or any other sort of thing that says, hey, take your sexuality, what is, which is biolog biological, it's part of who you are, and let's take it and let it feast on Twinkies. In other words, let's right. take it and let it let it be engaged in something that is not healthy for you and, and way too much and not where you're supposed to be directing that that biological part of who you are. Right. And it, you start to realize, okay, maybe it is irrational to think that my sexuality is actually out of control when in reality I've been training my sexuality for decades, for years and years and years to be out of control. Sure. Maybe it wasn't designed to be out of control. Maybe it wasn't designed to feast on Twinkies and porn and all that all the time. Maybe maybe I have to acknowledge my own part in training my sexuality in such a way so that it now is out of control. Sure. Well, and and I I think not only training myself but realizing that I've also been trained. Yes. You know, uh, I mean, what kid when he's, you know, 15, 16 in the locker room and some guy pulls out a, a magazine and he says, oh, no, that's not godly. I shouldn't look at that. You know, he's going to get reamed all over the place for being, you know, a prude or being too conservative or whatever. And I still tell that 15-year-old, do that. I, I do, too. <laughs> but I'm saying the pressure there says, sure. no, my sexuality is supposed to be this way. Right. Hey, hey, look at that girl over there. Check her out. Or, hey, look at that. Check her out over there. You know, what does that say? That says, hey, it's okay to do this. Uh, I've even worked with guys whose dads taught them to look at girls, to say, mm -hmm. hey, look at her. And the thing is, is what that teaches a guy is that my sexuality is supposed to be this way. And then they wake up when they're 35 and 40 and they wonder why they can't keep it under control because it, it was out of control to start with. And don't you think what ends up happening is it be, rather than... Rather than a person growing up and realizing that their sexuality is part of who they are, which I think is healthy, we need to recognize that we are sexual beings. We don't just detach ourselves from our sexuality and say we're no longer sexual sure. beings. God made us purposely sexual. But don't you think what happens is a person, instead of growing up and realizing that sexuality is part of who they are, it really encompasses all of who they are. Right. It starts to lead every thought, every conversation, every motive is now based totally on whichever direction their sexuality is in going in the moment. Sure, and if we think about it, really, in the Bible, you know, sexuality was not something that God listed in every single book of the Bible as is that huge thing that always had to be dealt with. It was a piece of the puzzle, as it is supposed to be. It's a form of love that occurs in marriage, 
that is the eros, the erotic love. But yet we have taken it and focused so much on it that it's it's not a piece of the whole. It's the whole with a few little fragments of everything else supposed mm-hmm. to function around it. You know, one time I was kind of praying and God kind of showed me that our sexuality is supposed to be this gently flowing stream. It flows gently. It stays within its banks. It's where it's supposed to be. But when somebody breaks our sexuality, it's almost like, you know, when a kid is first introduced to porn or somebody says, hey, you know, it's okay to masturbate or, you know, it's okay to have sex when you're 12 with a, you know, 15-year-old girl because, hey, she offers it. You know, when those things begin to happen, it, it breaks that those banks down and that water begins to flow everywhere. And before he knows it, that water is raging out of control. It's flooding everything and he doesn't know how to stop it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I really want to help people, guys see is that that was never God's intent is to allow that to break out of its banks. It's supposed to be this beautiful, wonderful thing that stays within the boundaries. When it's outside the boundaries, does it still provide water? Yeah. Is it still kind of flooding the place? Does it may even still feel good? Yes. But then you look back and there's all this destruction. And that's that's the key that I hope our listeners get is that we want to we want to make it very clear that. God, God made us sexual. Right. The, the the fact that you are a sexual being is not what is the problem here. The the problem is exactly what you're talking about, Lee. We've taken what God has made as good and declared good. He fa- in fact, when he looked at Adam and Eve, he said that's very good. Right. And that included everything, their sexuality and everything. And we've taken what God has made very good, and we have broken down those boundaries. We've 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 just crashed right through them. And anything that which God has declared good and we've broken through the boundaries, it gets into the realm of sin. Right. Because anytime we get outside of what God's best is for us, we're we're now in the territory of sin. And, you know, the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. It's not going to sure. bring life and health and healing and hope. It always brings destruction. And so what we want to invite people into is a new way of thinking about their sexuality. And that's where I want to spend the last few minutes here in the broadcast. I mean, what would you tell somebody whose sexuality is out of control, how they can begin to get help and maybe start moving towards that, um, the healthy parameters that God has placed around their sexuality? What's some of the first steps they can take? Well, I think the most important one, at least one of the ones that helped me the most, is that, you know, to, to, to begin to ask the Lord to show you your true identity. Because your true identity, I mean, I'm just offering to guys out there, most likely they have bought the lie from Satan, because I don't believe it's just us who does it. I believe we have a tempter out there who's constantly trying to distract us from the truth and from God's best. And so I think the very first thing is to believe the truth that says, I, I am a son of God who can control my sexuality. My sexuality was a gift given to me by God, and he would not ever give me something that would always rage out of control. So therefore, when I tell myself I'm just a man that can't control his sexuality and just likes, likes a lot of sex, I'm basically speaking a curse over myself that says this is not something I'll ever be able to control. So therefore, I will never control it because I won't know how. And in a sense, not to sound too bold or in your face here, but in a sense, that's that's calling God a liar. Absolutely. That's saying you you don't know what's right because, you know, we look at our world around us and then we make all our judgments about God based on the world around us. Rather than starting with God and saying, let me start with God and then make my evaluations about the world around me based on starting with God. And what I've done is the same sort of thing in my life. When I started realizing, okay, let's 
let's take my eyes off all of my circumstances and everything that tells me certain things about myself and certain things about the world based on only what I see around me and what I've experienced. And instead, let me see what God has to say about who I am and about the world and about sex and about all these kind of things. And as I did that, it became a lot clearer that all the things that I've been looking around before that I've been finding what I would call quote unquote truth in my life were actually all a bunch of lies. Sure. And so we got to turn the table. You got to really be willing to turn the table and say, am I going to start with what God has to say and then make judgments or evaluations on what's going on in my life and in, in the world around me based on that? Or am I going to keep looking at the world around me and say, hey, you know, just because I got a high sex drive and I've been doing all this stuff, I guess that's who I am. And then through that lens, we start making judgments about God. Absolutely. That he's somehow unfair and not just and not nice or whatever. Right, right. And I think it's so crucial because a guy told me once at a, in a gateway, you know, he's, he said, you know, I came here thinking that I just liked a lot of sex and that this is just the way my sexuality was and I couldn't understand why my wife couldn't understand that. And as he was leaving, he said something to the effect of, man, my eyes are open now. It's not my sexuality that was that was created this way. It was the brokenness that led it to be this way. Mm. And if I could just help guys see that, that, you know, you weren't created to be out of control with your sexuality. I mean, that would be with any sin. No sin is meant to take us to a place of out of controlness. And so I think the first thing is to acknowledge that. The second thing is to really press up against that belief even in your actions, you know, if a guy, and I speak to guys who are just struggling out there. I mean, the guys who are saying, well, but you don't understand. I think about it all the time. Okay. How long have you thought about it all the time? Probably since you were 10 or 11 years old. And so that's a typical response for you is to go there, you know, with the Twinkie thing, you know, uh, you can sometimes use a Twinkie for just cause you're hungry. And sometimes you can use a Twinkie because you're lonely. And sometimes you can use a Twinkie cause you're bored. And, so have you used your sexuality in ways to fill in the gaps? And so once you kind of start looking at that, God will show you ways to be able to step away from using the same old crutch you've always used and just called it, I'm just a horny guy, uh, versus trying to step away from that and use something that really means something, like relationship or, or spending some time with God or getting to know yourself. And you know, the good news, guys, is that as you start allowing God to bring the water back into the banks, back into the gentle stream, like Lee put it here. When you allow that to start happening, guess what? There is a peace that starts to flow. There is a balance. You start to see actually how you fit together, how you were you were um, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and, and when all that starts to fit together, there's a calm that comes over your life. You're not as compelled and anxious surrounding sexual temptations or the things that tended to to really draw you in the past because there's more of a balance to who you are. You see yourself as both physical, spiritual, and emotional, and God starts bringing all those things into balance. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let it rain.